So this Fabrenian study was given by the Rebbe in the Parsha Shkolem, the Blessed of the Month of Adar, in 1969. Parsha Shkolem, which is... This, because it was a similar setup, I think, this year. This is a major component of this Shabbos. As we see... That the Haftorah is not about Parshas Mishpatim, it's about Parshas Shkolem. And Parshas Shkolem, the extra Torah portion that we read this week, begin, it's from the Pakisisa, where Hashem commands the Jewish people, this is what you should give. And Gemara Yushalmi explains that the words, this is what you should give, this emphasis that Hashem says, this specific thing is what you should give, is to, we don't find that kind of expression by other commandments. And the Gemara Yishami says that before uh, Hashem told Moshe the details of this commandment, Hashem showed him a coin of fire and says, this is what you should get, something like this. And Tosfos explains that the reason why Hashem had to show Moshe a coin of fire was because Moshe had a problem. Moshe didn't, didn't understand. What didn't Moshe understand? It wasn't he didn't understand what a half a coin was. Rather, he was wondering how is it possible that this coin should serve as an atonement. So that's why Hashem showed him the coin of fire, that, as Farm explained, that when you give with fire, with excitement, that is what can give atonement to your soul. But the question could be asked, as a five-year-old, and certainly someone who is in a higher, more sophisticated level of Torah understanding can ask, the purpose of giving this half-coin was to atone for the sin of the golden calf. As the Torah says, anyone who transgressed the laws, meaning someone who did the sin of the golden calf, uh, they should give this half coin. And therefore, there's an opinion, Gemara Yushalmi, that a Kohen is not obligated to give the half coin because the entire tra- tribe of Levi didn't participate in the sin of the golden, of the golden calf. So this Torah portion must have been said after the sin of the golden calf, which was after the Torah was given. And the uh, Torah actually continues to talk about the time after Yom Kippur, which was certainly after the Torah was given. Um, There was three sets of 40 days, 40 days before the Torah was given, and um, sorry, 40 days after they got the Ten Commandments, and 40 days Moshe Rabbeinu was asking Hashem to forgive us, and the last 40 days when Moshe went up again to receive the uh, second tablets. So, and it's also after um, the beginning of Parshas Mishpatim, where, as we learned yesterday, Rashi says, just like last week's Torah portion was said in Mount Sinai, so too Parshish, the laws of Parshas Mishpatim were also said in Mount Sinai. So, it says in Parshas Mishpatim, Im kofer if your ox gores someone and they die, and there is a capital punishment for the owner because they didn't guard their ox, but the Torah says that you're able to give instead of the capital punishment, you can give an atonement for your soul. So if there is a question, how is it possible for a person to, to be atoned by giving money, that question should have been asked when the Torah first told us that you're able to give money instead of the capital punishment uh, for you would incur for not guarding your rocks. 
So how come Moshe Rabbeinu has this question only here by the half point in Parshat and then in Parshat Shabbat? Another question that could be asked um, by the father from a halachic perspective. The Rambam says that the reason um, why the Torah allows um, a person to be coerced to give a divorce, um, even though he's the divorce is only kosher if the person wants to give a divorce, is because deep down every Jew wants to the will of Hashem, and it's only the eighth heart evil inclination which is speaking and saying that I don't want to give a divorce. So uh, when this person is beaten up and he agrees to give the divorce, that's an expression of his deepest self. That's his deepest desire. So it's not considered being coerced. The contrary, Yitzhahara, before he was, before, when, which said that I don't want to get a divorce, that was the Yitz, that wasn't his real will. That was, that was Yitzhahara coercing him. So that's considered to be your desire. The, when the Reuben gives a divorce, it's considered Reuben's desire. So it's not that beating him up creates a new will. So then that would be something that he is saying because he's coerced. Rather, this is this coercion only serves to um, negate the external desire, the evil inclination, and then its true desire emerges. So it comes out that when a Jew does a sin, it's not his inner self. It's, it's just external. It's not his strength. It's not, his, it's not him, his strength that's causing the sin to happen. Rather, it's something external that's causing the sin to happen. So the question then, then is, how, what's the big deal about a coin being an atonement? We're, not, we're just talking about something. We're just talking about something external that needs to be washed off. The whole sin is something external. If this sin was something that was done from the inside of the Jew, so then you could wonder how could a coin serve to cause an atonement? But since the the action of the of the of the sin of the aver is not coming from the inside, it's only from the external part of the person. So then a coin would work, especially. The Talmud says that Moshe Rabbeinu loved the Jewish people. And when you love someone, so you don't see their faults. So because on the scale of and for sure, he understood that when a Jew does a sin, it's only because of evil inclination. It's not their real will. So what was Moshe Rabbeinu's wonder? How could he Why would he wonder? The question goes further. This commandment, everyone should give a half coin, is a continuation to the words in the Torah, when you will raise the heads of all the Jewish people. The, um, there are many explanations of what that means, but one of them is you need to raise not just the foot of the Jewish people, but also the head. That The head of the Jewish people should be in a higher level than the head was before. So not only do you need to raise the head of the Jewish people have different names. They're called Yaakov, which is, which is a name that doesn't denote their greatest self. There's the name Yisrael, which shows on their great virtue. So the word Yisrael actually is related to the word head, Lirosh. So Yisrael already means head. So you say the, the head of Yisrael, you're talking about the head of the head. So you, and, you see, and you're saying that the commandment then is lift up the head of the head, the top of the top of the Jewish people. That needs to be elevated. So that Moshe Rabbeinu needs to elevate the top, the highest, highest uh, person, and he has to affect a change in the head of the head of the Jewish people to be higher than the way the head was before. 
So at that lofty level, there's no room for sin. Even on the whole, um, when the Jewish people are classified as Yisrael, there's no room for sin. Certainly on the level of the head of the head of Yisrael, there's no room for sin. As it says in the Maimer of the Rebbe on the verse, return Israel, return Yisrael, because you have stumbled in sin. So the Rebbe says that who stumbles? What causes it? What, what part of you stumbles? Your foot stumbles. The foot of the soul stumbles. But not the head of the soul, not the Yisrael part of the soul stumbles. So it does affect when the foot of the soul stumbles, it affects also the head of the soul. But the head is not, it's not possible that the head of the soul, the top of the soul, would commit a sin. So certainly when we're talking about the head of Yisrael, if Yisrael can sin, the level of the Jewish people called Yisrael, that's not possible to sin. Certainly the head of Yisrael cannot sin. So the question is like this. When the Jewish people are in the state of lifting the head of Yisrael. So what's Moshe's question? If they're in that lofty state, how is it possible, Moshe asks, that they could give a coin that caused atonement? We're talking about people who have no connection at all to sin. So if they have no connection at all to sin, so what's the wonder um, how a coin could cause atonement? So, Chaim, Chaim, Bissau, just talking about you. We just learned how Yisrael, it's impossible for Yisrael to sin. And therefore, <laughs> that's exactly what the Zohar is wondering. The Zohar says, a soul that sins, the Zohar is How could that be a soul sin? So, uh, so the question is like this. It says in the Tosvos that the reason that Hashem had to show Moshe a coin of fire to explain to Moshe um, what the half coin was, was was one being atonement? That was Moshe's question, and the answer that's given in in, in Svarim that by the, with the coin of fire, what was God answering him? He was telling him that it's not the what you give, it's how you give. When you give with fire, but the Rebbe's question is: We're talking about someone who's Jewish, and we're talking about Moshe in his perspective of the person who's Jewish. So if Moshe looking at a Jew, how could Moshe wonder why a Jew receives atonement just because he gave a coin? Moshe Rabbeinu loves the Jewish people. He sees that, there, that a sin is something which is something totally external. He sees a sin just from the Yitzhahara. If there was a question, how come the question wasn't asked earlier on in this week's Torah portion, Parashat Mishpat, and when we read about a person giving a coin, giving money, instead of uh, getting capital punishment for his, uh, his ox scoring someone. So, but certainly if we're talking about Yisrael, the title of the Jewish people in this Torah portion. We're talking about Kisisa, when the Yisrael is in the state of elevation. Not just he's in the state of elevation, we're talking about the head of Yisrael. The head of Yisrael means that, not the Jewish people in general, when they're called Yisrael, that's talking about the way they are in a head-like state. And we're talking about the head of the head of Yisrael, the head of the head of Jewish people. We're talking about the perfect, a perfect Jew who is in a state of elevation. So and that Jew, who certainly sin has no connection to him, why would it bother Moshe to ask Hashem, I don't understand how this is going to work. Of course it could work. We're talking about people who have no connection to sin. So the answer is like this. The Tzemach Tzedek brings down the Ramaz, who explains that Moshe's question was like this. Since the Jewish people um, come from the level of Chachma, which is beyond the level of number, so the question is, how can they be counted? 
How do they? How are they suddenly going to be counted when they come from a level chachma, which is beyond number? So number is something which is connected to limitation, and the Jewish people are beyond limitation, beyond number. And even when the Jewish people are only called tzaddikim, they're beyond number. How much more so when their level of baltuva is truly they're beyond number? So how can we talk about counting the Jewish people when they are in a state of beyond number? That's the that's what how the Ramaz explained that they, that's the issue. So here we're talking about the Jewish people after the, um, the the atonement for the sin of the golden calf, and God had forgiven the Jewish people already for the sin of the golden calf. So it's understood that they did shuva, and not only did they did shuva, but God forgave them with a full heart. So that means they did shuva with joy. They did the highest level of shuva, shuva law, and which explains something else. The um, in the Rebbe Rashab's minion Yom Kippur, there was once a happy atmosphere, uh, night of Yom Kippur. So, um, so the question is, Yom Kippur is, is a time of tshuva, and how could there be joy? And the answer is that Yom Kippur is the tshuva of the highest level, and therefore the tshuva of Yom Kippur is, is, is joyous. And therefore Yom Kippur was a, it was in a the Yom Kippur by the Rebbe Rashad was in a happy uh, mood, as we find also in Halacha, that after Kippur is over, it says you should go and eat your bread with joy because a voice comes out from heaven that says, eat your bread with joy because of the higher level of Shuv of Yom Kippur, which is Shuv of joy. And this is Moshe in his question, since the Jewish people on such a lofty level, how is it possible that they should have a number if they don't Shuvah on the level? Even at Tzadik is beyond number. And how much more so about Shuva is beyond number? How much more so about Shuva is to return to Hashem with joy is beyond number? So, that's Moshe's question. How come there's a number over here? Even when you're um, counting Jewish people for the sake of a mitzvah, like in this situation, everyone's giving this half coin in order to be on limitation, beyond number, so they can't have any number. As we find also in Shulchan Aruch. So, unfortunately, Debra uh, says... People don't learn the section of Shulchan Aruch which talks about this. Um, but there is a, that section of Shulchan Aruch, Kufnun Vav, has lots of, has a, a um, huge amount of sources, more than the rest of the sections of Shulchan Aruch. What does it say over there in, in section um, 156? You're not allowed to count the Jewish people, even for a mitzvah. Uh, you're not allowed to count them to make sure that there are 10 people there. You can only use a Pasuk, you can only use a count of Pasuk uh, that has 10 words, and that's how you know how many Jews there are. And why can't you count them? What's the reason? It's not because of it, it's dangerous. The reason I can't count the Jewish people because Jewish people are beyond number. It reminds me of like the previous service says about the Shabbos. Why is it Hasidic custom not to wear a watch on Shabbos? It's because Shabbos is beyond time. So how can you count the Jewish people? They're beyond number. So the answer is, based upon, as Ramaz explains in the Tzemach Tzedek quotes, that God showed Moshe the coin of fire. He showed Moshe um, the um, He showed Moshe Rabbeinu the way all of the lights of Hashem were engraved in the sphere of Malchus. And he said to him, this is what you should give. The revealed part of the Jewish people is what's connected to this number, not the hidden part. What this means is like this. The, the 
theme of God's response to Moshe is that the counting the Jewish people is only about the external part of them, the revealed part of them. The chitzenius, the external. The inner part of the Jew is indeed the honor, for they can't be counted. But by counting the external part of the Jew, you're also drawing down the inner part of the Jew, the hidden part of the soul. And that's the idea of the, of the coin of fire. What's the nature of fire? Fire's nature, unlike the other three elements, water um, and uh, earth um, and uh, wind, um, they don't have this nature of ascending to their source. But fire does. Although with fire would ascend to its source, it will stop to exist, yet that's the nature of fire to always go upwards. And the Baal Shem Tov says, you are where you want to be. So when fire is attached to this wick, since it wants to ascend back to its source, it's in its source. So it comes out that although externally the fire is here, it's attached to the wick, but it's more attached to its inner self, and that's its desire to go upwards. So to regarding the Jewish people, that God said, in order to explain counting the Jewish people, I'm showing you a coin of fire. Although the number of the Jewish people is just an external number, but it's connected with their inside. Although it's, of yes, Jewish people having a number is something external, they're beyond number. However, counting them, just like the fire, it's, it's uh, the, the physical state of the fire as it is in this physical world is connected to its inner self because it wants to go upwards. So counting the Jewish people in this world, although we're counting the revealed part of the soul, we're counting the ten geira, the half coin is, has a value of ten smaller coins, ten geira. So that represents the ten soul powers the, of the revealed part of the soul. Through the counting of the ten geira, you're drawing down also the second half of the coin, the ten, the ten hidden parts of the soul. And together with the ten parts of the soul in the body, and the ten parts of the soul which are hidden within the soul, you have the whole coin. That's the reason the Torah says that there will be no plague when they are counted. Tzemach um, Sadek says the main reason that Tzemach Sadek says why they can't be counted is because of ayin, the opposite, the opposite of a good eye. And it says with the Jewish people that they are come, they are connected to Yosef at Sadek. And Yosef at Sadek was someone who was unaffected by an evil eye. So Yosef wasn't unaffected by an evil eye, the Zohar says, because he merited to have a unique divine providence upon him where the evil eye cannot rule. An open eye, says the Zohar, that never closes. So there's two kinds of eyes in Kabbalah. There is the eye of the attributes, of the feelings, of the midas of Atsilas. That can give nourishment to Klippa. Then there's the eye of Atik, where there is a place where there's no nourishment for the opposite of evil. So since the half a coin draws down the inner parts of the soul, it draws down the corresponding open eye that never closes, that's why there's no plague uh, at that level, because we're, we're talking about the inner part of the Jew and the inner the revelation of Atik, the revelation of that level, there's no, there's no room for any kind of decree against the Jewish people. So what do we learn from all this? And what's a lesson for us in our lives? The whole idea of giving the half coin, which was for the purpose of buying the sockets in the uh, tabernacle and the following years to buy the, um, the, the, the or, or, or maybe that year as well, there was to give for the um, sacrifices for the whole year, the general idea of the half coin is, is giving stuck. And here we see the great virtue of stuck. The, the Talmud says, Medrash says, when you give life to a poor person, God says, I promise you, 
By you giving life to this poor person, I will pay you back soul for soul. If God forbid your soul, your son is God forbid ill, Hashem says, I will pay you back soul for soul and I'll give life to your son. But more than that, the Altar says in Tanya that when you give tzedakah, you are elevating your animal soul. You're elevating your area in the world. You're elevating all the godly sparks in your realm in the world. And through this, you're connecting your inner part of your soul with your deep, with your deepest self, with your external part of your soul. As Moshe said, when Moshe saw the Jewish people, he saw the true state of the Jewish people. Moshe is the attribute of truth. And therefore the Torah of truth was given through Moshe because he is truth. As, as known in Kabbalah, the difference in Moshe and Yaakov, the Moshe's inner level and Yaakov's external. Yaakov's external level of truth. Moshe's inner part of truth. So Moshe saw that the giving the half coin, giving staka, affects that there should not be any plagues that the stuck has the power to reveal the inner part of the soul where there's no room for any, any external, any um, accusation against the Jewish people at the level of the inner part of the soul. And stuck has the power to reveal that. The Rebbe Rashab said, someone was speaking to Rebbe Rashab about um, the level that one of his chassidim was on, and Rebbe Rashab responded, or that he, he said, this chassid was able to see El Yalanavi, and the Rebbe Rashab said about one of his chassid, my, my chassid, he reveals his soul. And the Rebbe Rashab said, seeing your soul is higher than seeing Elijah the prophet. So although it's an amazing thing to see Elijah the prophet, but revealing your soul is even greater. So in order to reveal the, the soul, including to reveal the inner part of the soul, innermost part of the soul, how do you do this? This is through giving tzedakah, and especially through doing kindness, which is even greater than tzedakah. Kindness here refers to giving someone a loan. It's known that Simach Tzedek, after passing the Alter Rebbe, he wanted to see the, the Alter Rebbe after his passing. And time passed, he did not see the, 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 the Alter Rebbe until one day someone asked him for a loan, and he went to go dive, and then he realized, this guy needs a loan right now, and he left the shul, and he took off his talis, and he, and he gave the guy the loan, and when he came back to the shul, the Alter Rebbe was there, and he saw the Alter Rebbe after many weeks of not seeing him. So this is the reason why um, Staka could also be achieved by people um, has to also be given to those who are uh, uh, people who are far from stuck. The whole world is sustained by God's stuck. Not because of the merit of the Jewish people, but because of God's kindness. But tzaddikim are receive their nourishment because they deserve it. So there are those um, hold on a second. Oh, okay. The Rebbe is saying like this: There are people who do not need staka from Hashem. They deserve their what they're given. Even they need staka. Why? Because what staka do? Just not staka reveals your soul. Staka reveals inner parts of the soul. Though you don't need staka from Hashem, most of the world needs staka from Hashem. But even if you're in the, the unique, you're in the unique few that doesn't need Hashem staka. Nevertheless, you also need to give tzedakah because you, because you need to reveal your soul. And this is a lesson to every single Jew. To Every single Jew needs to take from this, what they're saying, to be inspired and to have enthusiasm in giving tzedakah. Even though Rebbe says you would think there's no reason to, to give an extra uh, boost to tzedakah, so that tzedakah should be with additional power, additional level, both tzedakah in your money and the tzedakah you give with your body, because through giving tzedakah, you draw down the innermost parts of your soul, and through this, when your soul is revealed, so your turn is a whole different level. 
because you're using not just the revealed parts of, the, your, soul, of your soul, but you're using also the inner parts of your soul together in a way of joy and happiness. So that's why it's so important to get stuck up, because when you get stuck, it reveals your whole soul. And, when you're doing, and that everything you do with soul is, is a whole different thing. L'chaim, 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 So, bottom line is, we learned, we asked a question, what was Moshe wondering about? Why, why can, how, how come we can understand that the tzedakah could um, accomplish the atonement of the Jewish people? He explained um, that Moshe was wondering, Moshe was wondering, how is it possible that we are being counted, we are beyond the number? And uh, we explained that the purpose, and how is it possible that this, this um, that we need atonement for our sins, uh, or how is it possible this could cause atonement? So both of, both of those questions are, are point out that we're, the, the, the um, purpose of this gift was to cause atonement at a place where there was a number and there was a sin, and a, a very external part of ourselves. And so too in our, in our lives, the purpose of stuck is to draw down the inner parts of ourselves to be revealed, and then everything else is done on a high level. L'chaim, l'chaim, l'chaim. We're way down in two seconds. We're